Welcome to the Living Epistle Podcast, the place where you will find biblical principles to help you live out your faith on a daily basis and to have a positive impact on the lives of others. So get ready for another powerful episode of Living Epistle Podcast. My name is Tony Miles, and welcome to this week's episode of Living Epistle Podcast. I pray that you all had a wonderful Thanksgiving. I know I certainly did. I enjoyed the delicious food. I uh, absolutely ate too much, uh, and so at any rate, but I also enjoyed the phenomenal um, fellowship and just hanging out with my family, and I pray that you uh, did as well with family and friends. And so uh, as we were traveling this week, I'm heading to um, to our destination to celebrate Thanksgiving. I got into a discussion with my youngest daughter uh, about a Brooklyn-based company uh, who took uh, the Nike, some Nike brand shoes, and they uh, did some aftermarket work to the sneakers. And one pair in particular, uh, they had made some sneakers called Satan Shoes. That is correct. You've heard me, and some of you may have even heard the story. Uh, the shoes contained a drop of blood. They also had a pentacle charm on the shoelaces, and a pentacle charm is the symbol that's used by the primarily used by the pagan Wicca uh, religion. Um, um, and Wiccans, of course, are, are witches, but nonetheless, uh, they use the uh, pentacle uh, symbol. And then they also had Luke. 10 printed on the side towards the front side of the shoe, the front toe uh, of the shoe, but on the side. And of course, uh, Luke 10 and 18, in case if you're not familiar with it, reads, I saw Satan fall like lightning from heaven. But here's the other part, family, that the shoe sold for $1,018. The shoes, the pair of shoes sold for $1,018. The Brooklyn-based company uh, produced 666 pairs, right? 666. So that wasn't a mistake. That was intentional, but 666 pairs of these shoes sold out in less than a minute when they went on sale. And it should be noted in all fairness also that prior to the Satan shoes that this same Brooklyn-based company produced uh, some shoes called um, Jesus shoes. And again, they were um, sneaker shoes uh, called Jesus shoes. They were Nike shoes, Nike sneakers. And these shoes, the uh, Jesus shoes had contained holy water. Now, can't verify that, can't verify the blood or any of that, but that that was the idea uh, behind the shoes. Needless to say, uh, Nike sued the Brooklyn-based company. And so the case was settled uh, out of court. The case was settled and the Brooklyn company agreed to give a full refund to any purchasers who returned the shoes. Um, But here's the thing. Nike said that they would not be and could not be responsible for any defects or anything that happened uh, with the shoes um, if they if if the purchasers chose not to return them to get their money back. Again, $1,018 for the uh, Satan shoes, and they sold out 666 pairs sold out in less than a minute. The idea, though, behind Nike uh, suing this Brooklyn-based company was that Nike wanted to protect its brand. Nike has built up this reputation for quality and being on the cutting edge of athletic technology and innovation, right? And so there's a certain status associated with the the Nike brand shoe. And we know this by the big uh, number of athletes and those uh, famous athletes who've been endorsed or have Nike endorsements, the biggest probably and most famous of them all 
is, and you know him, the basketball legend, the great Michael Jordan. As a matter of fact, Jordan has his own line of shoes called, right, you got it, Air Jordans. We know the prestige associated with the shoes because people will line up overnight waiting for the release of whatever, whether it's a brand new Air Jordan or whether it's a retro Air Jordan, right? People line up for these 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 shoes. But here, that's Michael Jordan. And some of you millennials or some of you uh, younger than that may not may not necessarily be all that familiar with Michael Jordan. But I guarantee you, here's some other names who have Nike endorsements. LeBron James, Tiger Woods, Russell Wilson, Kevin Durant, just to name a few. There are many, many more. But again, so when you think of the Nike brand, brand. You think of these these athletes and these these big names, but in both instances, right? This uh, Nike stated that quote: "The Brooklyn-based company altered these shoes without Nike's authorization." End quote. And Nike stated that we had quote nothing to do with the Satan shoes or the Jesus shoes. End quote. Again, Nike was looking to protect its brand and it was worth Nike doing whatever they had to do, whatever was necessary for them to protect their brand, i.e. the reputation that Nike has built. And so this got me thinking about us as believers. And before I go any further, I want to pause right here and say that I do want to acknowledge that I did pull some information from an article by Pastor Zachary Payne from the haystack.org. So I did pull some information as we went forward. And so I do want to acknowledge that being uh, in full transparency and being integral in terms of uh, this podcast. But it really got me thinking about us as believers. And I began to think about what is our brand and what are we willing to do to protect our brand? Or or, or are we willing to do whatever is necessary to protect our brand? And so you know how we roll at Living Epistle Podcast. Let's begin by defining this word brand. Well, the first thing that comes to mind, right, when we think about a brand, if any of you (laughs) have pledged uh, a fraternity or any of you have owned cattle, or know if people own cattle. I'm not talking about that where it's an actual actual physical symbol or a, 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 an impression made with heat and a branding iron. That's not what I'm talking about here when I talk about brand. Let me begin by saying what that's one of the things a brand is not that I'm referring to. But other thing I'm not referring to or what a brand is not, I'm not just saying that a brand is not Uh, A brand is not just an image or a logo. A brand is not just a word or a slogan. Although these things are part of a brand and they are known as brand identity, right? But a brand does not equal in and of itself brand identity. An organization or an entity's brand boiled down to its core essence is what? Is its reputation. When we think about a brand, we think about its reputation. And so brand identity, the obvious elements like the name, a logo, or a phrase, conveys in an instant the entity's reputation to the observer. Let's go back to Nike. Whenever we see that swoosh, we automatically know that that's Nike. When we think about Nike, we think about high quality, high quality. We think about um, exceptional performance. We think about world class athletes, right? Tiger Woods, Michael Jordan, Russell Wilson, Kevin Durant. And, and why do we say this? They're world class athletes because they can go anywhere in the world and compete. And we know that they will be successful. They've proven that over and over again. And so that's what we think of. And so But oddly enough, family, we find this whole sentiment of brand equaling reputation in the Bible. God is absolutely about brand identity. How do we know? 
The third commandment, Exodus chapter 20, verse seven, where it says, we shall not take the name of the Lord thy God in vain, right? So it tells us that we shouldn't take the Lord's name in vain. And when we think about this, we often assume that we're talking about or that God is asking us that we not use his name in swear words or in common colloquialisms. And you know what? That is I'm sure a part of that, that may be very, uh, very much a part of what God is asking us to do. But this commandment is telling us or it's saying so much more than just not using God's name in swear words and in common colloquialisms, right? God here is telling his people that he is very serious about his brand, about his reputation, and we should make sure that we're committed to it as much as he is before we go off and represent him to the world, right? So what does that mean? Well, that begs the question, what is God's brand? What is God's brand? Very simply, family, I believe that 1 John 4 and 8 answers this question. 1 John 4 and 8, the New King James Version reads, He who does not love does not know God, for God is love. Quite simply, and again, I understand, let me be very clear, that we can never fully describe, contain, express who God is and what God means or all of the essence of God. But here's one thing that we know for certain, and this is the Bible telling us that God is is love. The essence of who God is, the reputation of who God is, the very being of God is love. And unfortunately, there have been many Christians and non-Christians alike who have misrepresented God's brand over the years. And now we find ourselves in a world where people don't really know what to think when they hear the word God, right? And so the God brand has suffered to the point that many people don't know anything about him, or even if they do, they don't want anything to do with God. How many of us have heard people say, well, I mean, so many wars and rumors of wars and how can God and all of this and more wars have been fought in the name of God? Absolutely true. But I would say this, that that is not on God. That is on us. And so let's get back to this third commandment. If we can't be serious about living our lives the way that God asks us to, and if we are going to misrepresent who God is in his love and in his goodness and in his glory, then maybe we should not call ourselves Christians, right? So what do we mean by that? Well, we've all met people, people who say they're Christians, who've acted in hypocritical ways and made us think, wow, is he or she really Um, a Christian or wow, we may even say to ourselves, I know I've said it. Wow. She is giving Christianity a bad name or wow. He's giving Christians a bad name and family. Let's just be totally real. If we're being totally real, we've all been that hypocritical person at some point in our lives who have given hip, have have given Christianity a bad name at some point and right and in fact even the act of calling somebody else a hypocrite is hypocritical unless of course it's Jesus himself doing the name calling so and that's not to say that if we ever act foolishly or act out of order which we all do from time to time that we cannot call ourselves Christians. I want to be very clear because, again, we all are prone to stumble. We all are prone to to, to fall. That's not what we're saying. But what I am saying here is that it simply means that we need to pay close attention to the God that we say that we love. We need to pay close attention to the God that we say that we worship. And most importantly, we need to pay close attention to the God that we say that we represent. And we need to be constantly asking ourselves this question. When others see us, 
Are we upholding God's brand or are we sullying it? Right. And so this challenge is not or this question is not one of condemnation. This challenge is not one of condemnation, but it is one of self-evaluation. It is asking ourselves again, are you, am I accurately representing God's brand to the observer? Because again, even as I say, when I close this podcast, we're always preaching. We're always giving a message, whether we're using words or not. The question becomes, what message are we delivering? What brand are we demonstrating or are we representing? And so, right. And so, as I previously stated, God's brand has suffered, but it's not because of God. It is because of us. And so I am challenging us. Let's do everything that we can in this day and time, in this generation to change that. Let's improve God's brand awareness by showing the world the most powerful brand testimony that they've ever seen. And that's Christians who love, Christians who want to serve others as Christ has loved and served us. And by the way, not just in the past, but as Christ continues to love and serve us, the word of the Lord says that Christ is seated at the right hand of the Father right now, making intercessions for us. So even though Christ is not alive here on the earth. Christ is in heaven seated at the right hand of father so that when we pray and when we ask things that we ask him in Jesus name and he's standing there interceding on our behalf. So Christ is still at work for us as believers. And I am truly a firm believer that in it is our life's work. It is our life's mission. It should be our life's goal to tweak our personal brand, personal brand, meaning what is it that we're saying that we stand for? What is it that we're saying that we reputation that we want to uh, represent? And I believe that it is our life's work to tweak our personal brand until it is the very brand of God so that when others look at us, that they see God. The God that we say that we represent, the God that we say that we love, the God that we say that we worship, the God that we says is loving and kind and patient and long suffering. I want us, the challenge is for us to tweak our brand so that when others look at us and when others see us, they are provoked to want this same God that we say that we represent, right? And so here it is, family. My challenge is that we not keep our mouths shut or be silent in this day and time, that we won't be silent into submission because God's brand is too important. God's name is too important. If Nike won't let somebody sully its name over something that people know is not them, but yet what happened is the image or the brand, the swoosh was clearly visible and Nike wanted to make a clear statement that if you try to sully my name, if you try to sully our reputation, we will do whatever is necessary. And so family, I pray that if someone tries to sully the name of Jesus, if someone, some institution, some organization, some people try to sully the name of Jesus, that we will do whatever is necessary to represent the brand of Jesus, the Christ, to represent the God in heaven. And how do we do this, family? How do we do this? Second Corinthians 5 and 20 gives us a great answer. Second Corinthians 5 and 20 says, now then we are ambassadors for Christ as though God were pleading through us. We implore you on Christ's behalf, be reconciled to God. And so family, and we do that not by standing on a 
corner with a bullhorn telling people they're going to hell. But we do that by loving people and lovingly leading and lovingly um, trying to get people to understand this God that we serve. And that doesn't mean that we're pushovers and that we don't take firm stands. No, but we do it in love and we do it under the leading of the Holy Spirit so that men and women, boys and girls can see that this Christ that we serve, this Christ that we say that we worship, this Christ that we say that we love, man, we live in such a way that people want what they see in us and then God will be glorified. So again, God is all about brand identity. The question only becomes what brand are we showing? What brand are we representing as we live daily? And my prayer and my challenge to each of you as it is for me is am I, are you, are we accurately representing the brand of Jesus Christ? And so remember family, preach the gospel at all times and when necessary, use words. This is Tony Miles. Thanks for listening. Now go and be a living epistle. Join us again next week for another episode of Living Epistle Podcast. Music for Living Epistle Podcast is provided by audionautics.com.